right. morning, everyone. It's good to be here. <coughs> for uh, I am Ali, and I am the compulsive reader. Thanks, Terry, for uh, doing the heavy lifting of uh, guiding the uh, the meeting. And uh, thanks, Andy, for pressing me into service this morning. I appreciate it. Uh, so I came into Overeaters Anonymous when I was 32. That uh, means uh, 1984 at 4.30 p.m. August 26th, so and God willing, in, in a month or so, it will be, uh, I think, 37, maybe 38 years. And I am a 100-pounder, so I believe it's about 130 pounds now that I've lost uh, in, uh, from my high weight. So I, I do have uh, wisdom that I've gained from my uh, sponsors. I've had two sponsors. My first sponsor took me through the first year of the program when I was uh, raw and broken and uh, was ready for guidance, was ready to receive information outside the container of my own skull. And uh, he taught me how to pray. He taught me how to be abstinent. He taught me what abstinence is. He taught me a food plan that has been with me for now 37 years. And he did my, he took me through the first uh, four steps. And then my second sponsor, who uh, was my sponsor for 37 years, pretty close to 37 years, 36 and a half years. Um, provided me the roadmap for developing my spiritual journey expanding my spiritual journey, uh, taught me how to connect more deeply with the second step. This idea of a higher power that is deep and wide and completely trustworthy. And uh, Bob, uh, Bob L uh, passed away at 98. 
the age of 98 and uh, end of October. So I, I do want to give homage to both Bob and uh, Alex, who, uh, whose lens it is that I walk into the journey of this program. And um, one of the greatest gifts of this program is the sponsor, sponsorship, this relationship that is completely based on a desire for the spiritual growth of another human being. And uh, it's what my sponsor Bob taught me is the the role of a sponsor is to support the spiritual development of another human being. And so the wisdom comes from them and anything else that I share is my delusion. So yes, there is wisdom, but there is also my delusion. And so your job is to separate the wisdom from the delusion. That may not be possible for me. So one of the frustrating things about this uh, program is that it's almost impossible to, well, for me, it's been impossible to make anybody else abstinent. I don't know how to do that. And that's, I wish I did. I can tell you what I do and what my sponsor taught me, but there are so many pathways. All of it, if we are addicts, predicated on the principle of pain that somehow we have to reach the truth of that first step. And we read this morning that abstinence is our first priority, which is step one. And the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous and Bill's stories, and as Bill sees it, makes it very clear that pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization is a prerequisite. Emotional demoralization, physical demoralization, demoralization spiritual demoralization. And so pain becomes the archway, the, the, the friend course, when I was in pain, I didn't think of it as, as my friend. I, I, I wanted to die. And, uh, and yet, it, in looking back, it's our greatest friend. And we call it hitting bottom. And for each person, that hitting bottom is different. Uh, my second sponsor's bottom was maybe a 30-pound 
weight gain, 35 pounds. For someone else, it's 300 pounds. For someone else, it's different. For someone else, it's the bulimia or the anorexia. But, but the pain is what opens up the portal for listening to someone other than the echo chamber of the egoic bureaucracy, which wants to protect, but ends up destroying because it doesn't know how to protect. So that's been the greatest uh, uh, experience of my life is coming into these 12 steps. I didn't have a higher power. I had to invent one. Bill W. talks about we experiment with our higher power. I love that. He's such a wise man. We experiment with the second step. How deep are you? How wide are you? How much faith can I have in you? How much confidence can I have in you? When? How can I be certain that you'll show up in exactly the right way at the right time. That's an experiment. I didn't have a higher power, so I had to invent one, one of the greatest inventions of my consciousness. When I hear uh, attitude adjustment, what I'm really connecting with that is that notion of inventing a new consciousness, a new belief system. And that's what the 12 steps in these meetings do is we get to invent an entire, entire new universe of attitudes, belief systems, ideas about what it is to be human. And in the doctor's opinion, it provides the roadmap for what that might possibly look like. Talks about psychic change, talks about an altruistic movement, an altruism is related to compassion. It's related to selflessness. Every time we take a program call, we're practicing that. Every time we make a phone call, we're practicing psychic change. Every time we find our way back into the third step, We're practicing a psychic change. We're practicing a new belief system, a new way of thinking about life, not as life as interested in being our friend, life as in The universe is for me rather than against me. 
It's impossible to have these thoughts when you're binging or throwing up or starving ourselves. The obsession launders out what we all are, which is a peace-seeking system. It's what we are. It's what we want. That's what the last word of the second step is. Sanity. And sanity, sanity needs to be accessed through its broader intentions. It's not as in sane and insane, but sanity as in calm, as in ease, as in less reactivity, as in trust, as in a desire to tether our egos and our ambitions to a larger idea of what it is to be human, to tether our ego to service, to to love and uh, and it's not easy to do that because we still have minds and we have minds that have been oftentimes unskillfully, unhelpfully been hijacked by the way we've been raised, by society, by our life experiences. And so we have to use this program, the 12 steps, to literally hack in, to intervene in the gestures of the mind. These gestures don't go away. Uh, the way I've been taught to work with these and uh, with my sponsors and with the tools of the program is that uh, the mind does have gestures and the gestures typically may not be pleasant gestures. You know, we often hear I woke up in the morning and the committee in my mind was already awake an hour before mapping out the destruction of my life. And that's true. That's what I mean by gestures, or we may have thoughts of judgment or resentment. Five minutes. Thank you. And I've learned that the gestures of the mind, the first gestures of the mind, are not me. There is a, and this comes through meditation. I, I my, my second sponsor, Bob, taught me to meditate in 1985. 
it's been part of my journey. And Bill W. talks about the role of meditation in his beautifully crafted emotional sobriety that all the steps, one through 10, keeps a, can keep us sober, abstinent. But our emotional sobriety comes through the 11th step. And it is through the 11th step that I began exploring, experimenting with the gestures of the mind. And so the mind might have all kinds of gestures. And typically because of the way we experienced some harshness in life. Most of us have. I know I have physical abuse, etc. The gestures of the mind may not be polite or kind, or they may be inflected with anger and resentment and fear and anxiety. What we learn in program is that we are not at the mercy of the first gestures of the mind. It's so easy to notice someone getting caught in that first gesture. I, I did for years thinking that my first gesture was me. I am bad. I am angry. And I learned over time that there is also a second and a third and a fourth gesture of the mind. And the big book talks about that. You, you do have to work a little bit to draw out those implicated those uh, implicit suggestions in the big book. But for example, when it says, when we resent someone, we pray for their health, happiness, and prosperity. What, what we're being taught is we don't have to be stuck in the first gesture of the mind. When we notice it, we can invite a second gesture. And praying for someone's health, happiness, and prosperity is an act of love. We may not think of it that way, but it's an act of love. It's an act of compassion, wanting goodness for someone else, wanting to relieve someone else's pain. Of course, we benefit, but there is a second gesture. Every time we do a tenth step, we're practicing the second gesture of the mind. We can even practice the second gesture in the mind in the moment of the 10th step. In other words, we don't have to go through the experience of having harmed someone and then making amends. We can notice that in the moment as it's happening, correcting the gesture of the mind, a new belief system, a new, a new way of being, thinking, so rather than condemning ourselves for our first gesture, the program teaches us to increase the number of pathways available to us in exploring the second and third gestures of the mind. And sometimes it's, let's get back to the third step. Whatever that, and I found that to be very helpful to me in, in working my program and learning how to be kind and tolerant. And, and, and notice too, for me, that there is a separation between the first gesture 
and who I am. The first gesture is the mind doing whatever the mind does. I've been in meetings when I've resented someone who's sharing. That's a gesture. Noticing that gesture is so important because that's not me. That's a gesture of the mind. And I can instantly invite a second gesture. Thank you for the experience of being in an OA meeting where my life is dependent on being in these rooms. Right? That's a gratitude becomes a gesture too. Sending kindness and love towards the person who I'm resenting in the meeting. Resenting may be not the right word. It's critical, maybe critical of someone's speaking. I love that. I love noticing that I don't have to be, a, be hijacked and imprisoned by that first gesture. Mm -hmm. And notice that the way out is through the steps, through kindness, through compassion, through kindness towards myself, rather than beating myself up. 